I don't have a sketch for this episode, but I can play the bass solo from my generation. Janko and joining me is Mac. Welcome back to Critically Optimistic. Uh, Maggie will unfortunately not be joining us for this episode, uh, but uh, but she will for sure be be back uh, sometime soon. But uh, but uh, hey, welcome back. Uh, we have a very interesting episode in store for you uh, uh, for this episode. Uh, and it's also been one that we've we've planned um, since we started this thing. I, I feel, I think. And yeah, it's one of the earlier um, double features that we ever came up with. I think the reason we avoided it for so long is just because uh, it's like we had to be in the right mood for it. Yeah, which is fine. Indeed. I mean, yeah, sure, absolutely. And I I felt it was a perfect time for this. Um, uh f- for this time actually um the episode in mention is of course a, a who a who double feature um by the, the which we d- d- rightfully titled who made these films yeah <laughs> who made these films right and uh, that is of course tommy directed by ken russell and quadrafinia directed by i'm not really sure the frank frank rod rodham rodham Rod- 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 but uh, uh yeah yeah this is a both of these are first time view for me not necessarily for me yeah so from uh well i guess i should give a little bit of background text on this one so mm. with me when i was a teenager i was obviously discovering music and like many people you know getting obsessed with certain bands oh yeah my favorite classic rock band was the who i think i like them a lot because their earlier stuff reminded me a little bit of a rocky beach boys and yeah then as look at it for sure yeah and then as they go like they got older and tried to define their voice a bit more uh, in the classic rock era they still managed to like make unique music uh great hits and I, I absolutely love The Who. Even today, I still really love The Who. Probably not as obsessed as I used to be, but um, it's definitely still one of my favorite bands. And one thing that led me down the rabbit hole of The Who was obviously the Tommy film, because with their rock opera, Tommy, um, that was a big influence at the time for a lot of people. Uh, but... Obviously, I listen to the album. I love the album, and I find out, you know, as a teenage, uh, teenage Mac, going like, "Oh, what the heck? There's a film too." So <laughs> I had to track down the film as best I could, which I found it, and then, um, yeah, watch that. Nice. Like, 
not on repeat, but I, I definitely put it on like every once in a while. I'll just be like, yeah, you know what, Tommy? Oh, that's very, Why not? That's very cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I too have a, have a huge fondness to the who, um, wouldn't necessarily call myself a, a fan per se, but, but since I'm, um, I'm a bass player, uh, by heart, I'm, I'm really fond of John Entwistle and consider him one of the, one of the best bass players out there. And uh, yeah, he's great. Uh, I was always really sad when he passed away. Obviously, yeah. before my time, but you know, you got the two big players that passed away from the Who that oh. made it like not the Who anymore, right? But that's Keith Moon who went first, and, and then Keith Moon's the whole story within itself. But the thing <laughs> is, and I I argue with this about people because I am such a big like Whovian or whatever the hell mm-hmm. they call themselves. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm a big Keith Moon fan like he's such a unique drummer and he's in this case where it's like you know people will argue like Keith Moon is a terrific terrific drummer yeah for sure which is like it's true but it's only true to an extent if he's not paired with Pete Townsend then he's not as good as people think he is but the fact that he he's a drummer who tries to play lead you know and that's the, the most bizarre thing to ever hear someone say but it's true like he doesn't he always plays the rhythm, but somehow tries to sneak into being a lead instrument. And it's just like, you're fucking with the system. Yeah. You know, but it's also a perfect example where with the who you have everything to a perfection, like all the instruments are complementing each other. And if you take one element away, it wouldn't necessarily be the same. And no, it wouldn't. Not a lot of bands nail that, but uh, the who are, the exception and uh, it's absolutely perfect with uh, the the soundscape they create with their music um my point that i was gonna mention was like so keith moon obviously when he passed away that's very sad oh. though if anybody knows anything about keith moon is he was a reckless lunatic that literally started the thing about rock stars destroying hotel rooms that was that was because of keith moon well <laughs> Um, he destroyed so many hotel rooms so much that there was literally a whole chain of hotels that would just literally say no Keith Moon. <laughs> yeah, I might have heard that story. <laughs> um, but anyways, so the reason it's not as sad is because it's like, well, he did it to himself, um, you know. But the bigger thing is that John Entwistle, you know, that's that's a that's a loss because I think out of and I think arguably out of everybody in the whole group, you could say that John was probably the most sane one yeah. <laughs> out of all of them. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Um, yeah, so when he passed away, I mean, we were losing on a terrific yeah. basis. Yeah, he's, he's really, a he, he was such a surgeon on bass. Uh, his whole playing technique where he uses his whole hand, um, like I've seen him playing my generation and even a simple song as that like he uses the entire bass to play the the solos and it's very very good to look at anytime he gets a solo it's fun to listen to oh, yeah. and i mean he slaps the shit out of that bass which uh, is oh for sure see. <laughs> but uh yeah i, I but, mean we can yeah. move on to the, the first film uh, uh, tommy that came out um uh, the soonest uh, which is 1975 and um, uh, immediately was very excited to walk into this. 
Um, uh, so the synopsis is um, a psychosomatically deaf, dumb, and blind boy becomes a master pinball player and does the object of a religious cult. We are proud to announce a truly outstanding rock opera film, Tommy. <laughs> Director Ken Russell and producer Robert Stigman have made a film of Tommy and assembled some of the greatest names in music and the cinema. Tommy by The Who and based on the rock opera by Peter Townsend stars Anne Margaret, Oliver Reed, Jack Nicholson, Elton John, Eric Clapton, Tina Turner, Roger Daltrey as Tommy. Don't miss Tommy, the film. Your senses will never be the same again. And yeah, so yeah, I guess that's about right. Yeah, I remember you once told me uh, that this was an allegory for uh, for for Christ, um, and I thought, well, yeah, well it is, yeah. yeah. And then I thought, like, uh, well, I, I hope. I hope I understand the allegory, but then I soon realized that yeah, it was kind of obvious that that, that is what it's about. Um, yeah, there's there's certain things about this film that like on memory of watching it as a teenager, I think you know when you watch certain things as a teenager and you're kind of like I get it, so it must be really really good. Uh, you become obsessed with that. It's like I can I can understand it, so I'm I'm really like digging this. Yeah, you know, same absolutely. people that. Love that stupid fucking movie, Dan Donnie Darko or whatever. Oh right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't care if anyone hates me on that. I really don't like that movie. Anyways, but uh, Tommy is one of those ones where, even as an adult, though, I will admit, like sometimes it's kind of like straight in your face, like oh, okay, yeah, I get it. But there are things inside of Tommy that are a little bit more complex that it, you just got to sort of tear apart, you know, and so be too, like, yeah. I I can understand that. So it's got a little bit of both, you know, it's got that very like top layer where it's easy to brush away and you're like, I understand what that is. But then if you dig a little bit deeper, it's like, oh, what is this? What does this mean exactly? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I thought there was, there were many layers to this and um, I mean, yeah, you, you have a, like a, a coming of age story as one part and then the, you have the religious stuff added on top of that in the in the later half um uh, well what did you think of the film as a whole well like my well my first impression was uh that that took me away was that uh, it it is an entire opera um i uh, yeah and then, it's from, from start to finish yeah and then i thought, what i really like about the movie yeah i i i, I mean that that's what uh, what i ended up liking too i i initially thought to myself though that um uh, wow um is this going to be one entire big song? I hope it, uh, I, I hope it, um, I, I mean, I hope it doesn't drag the film, uh, but uh, unfortunately it didn't. Uh, fortunately, I mean, it didn't. Um, I, I, I suddenly realized that, oh, okay, I've been sitting here 40 minutes and, and yeah, I'm still following the story and very engaged. And, and I do love the surrealism and uh, the 
depiction in this film. Uh, it is a very well-made and beautiful film uh, with a lot of symbolism. And uh, uh, it is one giant music video, though. Um, but uh, Yeah, it is really just one giant music video. And I mean, it's a movie of its time as well, too. It was yeah. made in 1975, right. and it is... So abundantly clear that it was made in the seventies. It's <laughs> yeah, not even funny. Oh no, yeah, you're right. Oh no, especially considering the director, like, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Ken Russell. Like, he, he has a lot of drug-inducing <laughs> experiences for his films. Well, before really getting into more of like the sort of symbolism, I guess, which is a whole conversation we could have. We should really just talk about the cast. So, I think before talking about the cast, we should say that the Film has two. Well, I should I should say Tommy as a whole uh, has two albums. So there's the album that was made for the film, and then there's the album that is the Who. You know, like the Who made before the film. That's right. Yeah. Which is, I would definitely say, like without a doubt, the one that the Who made is way better. Yeah, I, but I agree. I've listened to that too the, um, a couple of times. But the film one is definitely like got that sort of, I guess, um, musical like sound to it. it. It and it doesn't. It's not that it's bad uh, by any means. It's it's good. And I mean, obviously, people think that it's good because Elton John's Pinball Wizard is probably more played than the Who's actual Pinball Wizard, yeah, even though they're I mean, the creators of that song. That's right. Um, it is a great song, though. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do enjoy the, that. The songs are very up, upbeated and more musical centric, um, which works with, and with which works with the film. Um, yeah, and with with that, you get more artists singing their songs, which I think is sort of something that the Who wanted. So, like, there's a lot of cameo. Well, I was going to say cameos, but there's a lot of famous people in this film. Mm -hmm. um, I was surprised. But obviously, the, the whole star factor in this film. I mean, uh, yeah, Tina I, Turner. I don't Eric really Clinton, know Tina Nicholson. I didn't know that was Tina Turner for the longest time. I actually it wasn't until now I, watching yeah. it that that's Tina Turner. I never really thought about it. I guess <laughs> when I was younger, mm. um, I always saw Eric Clapton right away. Though that was like a big like, oh shit, Eric Clapton. Yeah, he was the preacher, yeah. right? Um, yeah, he's the preacher uh, who does the. Uh, like fake false idol yeah, song, that's more right. or less. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that at first and got more surprised in the credits. Like, oh shit, that's actually him. And the same with Tina Turner yeah. too. I didn't notice her at first. And then you also got like Elton John, with that one, everybody knows Elton John's in this film. Um, yeah, and then, oh, and the big one that got you, which was Jack Nicholson. Yeah, <laughs> like I did not expect that at all. <laughs> that was like a pleasant surprise. <laughs> And but yeah, but do you think um, he really sung sang? Uh, I don't actually know. Yeah. On on rewatch of this film, mm -hmm. I was like, "Is that him singing?" Because it sounded the very person British. who's singing has like a British accent. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Unless he was doing a British accent, um, could be. I mean, who knows? But yeah, it didn't sound like Jack Nicholson at least. <laughs> no, I guess it's something we could definitely look up. Yeah, but. Yeah, and then obviously the main star of the attraction, Roger Daltrey, is the lead singer of The Who. Um, he plays Tommy, and I think he does a good job, but in saying that, he doesn't really have to do anything. No. He just has to 
pretend not to hear or see or speak. Yeah. And then alongside that, you have Oliver Reed as the, the stepfather and Anne Margaret as the mother. And I think they both do an equally good job. Um, Oliver Reed is, of yeah. course, uh, very famous for a lot of, like, uh, people are interested in exploitation films because he's played in a... Many, many different types of films. Some Jalo, some uh, some Eurocrime films here and there. Uh, so he's a very versatile actor. Not versatile, but but a very not your common main star actor, uh, if that makes more sense. Well, you know, upon looking at his filmography uh, recently, I was kind of interested that he was in a film that you and I watched together recently. Oh, what film? Which was is that? the the Brood. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. notice that at the time. Yeah, he plays uh, Doctor Hal Reg- Reglin, yeah. the the doctor. That's right. Uh, the messed up doctor, anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I fe- I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> right. That's where he's from. Um, and like you said, yeah, and Margaret. Uh, I don't think I've really seen her in anything. No, she's not played in too much. I. Uh... I, I, I know there this. are films that she's in that I want to watch. Oh, well, okay. There are a few films I've seen, <laughs> but not memorable by any means. No. Uh, yeah. I do see that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, no, I, Tommy definitely is, is such a trip and it's a little bit nauseating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will admit when I'm when, now that I'm older, <laughs> some of the like, like the in and outs of the camera and like the shaking and all this stuff. And it's just like, Oh <laughs> yeah. I noticed it's, that. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit hard to watch um, certain scenes, which I guess would be the first complaint I would have to put towards this film. Um, and I know you said that you didn't feel like there's ever a point, in this movie that is like it drags but yeah i i do after i do do think it drags a bit though like uh uh that that it doesn't drag was more my first impression of okay yeah this this is an enjoyable film but i feel there is a moment after after a certain point in this film where it's like yeah this could have easily been 30 30 minutes shorter um yeah well there's a little bit like if so with me, like I watched the movie and I listened to the album and I watched the movie, I watched the movie. Yeah. But then when I got older, I kind of just started listening to the album a lot more. Mm-hmm. And when you compare the album like directly with the film, you kind of just go like, well, with the album, they, there's no like dicking around or anything like that. And it really like, it's a lot smoother. Yeah. Like the transitioning, um, which makes you kind of almost go like, oh, I kind of just wish the movie was like that a bit too. You know, because there's points when it is just a little bit too, um, I don't know. Like, there, there's a specific scene that I could think of uh, well, that we, you and I just actually watched together because I, I, when I was re-watching it, when um, Oliver Reed's character is, like, singing about how there's Tommy camps all over the world. Oh, yeah. And then it just cuts to because it's got to get to the like the next song but if you listen to the album literally the whole album almost just like rolls together like all of the songs roll off of each it other does, yeah. and like uh there's a there's a, a melody that's persistent throughout 
all of the album and they, they use that melody to like blend in the songs like every, all the songs are singing under the same umbrella you know or are are from the same tree they're just branches from this big tree and it works with what the subject matter is of Tommy because uh you know like everything's about Tommy going through the hardships of his life it, it, by the way we should talk about this first Tommy had a shitty life oh <laughs> like, yeah like let's list it right now so uh spoiler alert Tommy is born and his dad is MIA yeah um Tommy's mom uh, for some reason falls in love with a camp counselor who immediately you look at Oliver Reed in this film and you're like <laughs> fuck there's something wrong with you yeah. and for some reason she's like oh I want to get with that but uh, um, but one thing that confused me though is did he get did he get blind and deaf out of the shock that he saw his mother with someone else other than his father was no so no so the okay so here's the other thing so Tommy goes through that she gets with this other guy Tommy's fine and then here's the, the biggest shitty thing of Tommy's life Tommy's father comes back he wasn't MIA well he was MIA but he's not dead he comes back to life mm. or he doesn't come back to life but he's alive he sees Tommy Tommy kind of wakes up he realizes it's his father follows him down the hall uh his father catches his wife with a, this other man yeah. obviously gets upset and uh, Oliver Reed's character just for some fucking reason kills him. And Tommy, Tommy witnesses the whole thing, the sudden blunt uh, like shock of all of everything he's witnessed has now basically put him into a trauma that's left him deaf uh, blind and can't speak. Yeah. Okay. It, it makes more sense that way. Uh, to me, uh, it 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 kind of suggested, uh, it kind of hinted to like he was a ghost, and that was who Tommy saw in the in, like. No, like, no, in the, in the, so if you listen to the album, it's literally oh. like plain cut. Like that's what happened. Yeah, they killed okay. the, They killed the father. Yeah. Okay. It. It. it yeah. I, I guess it just. I, I guess it could just seen as a bit confusing through the movie's uh, view, uh, seeing as, yeah it's not specifically told if it's actually happening or if it's just imagination. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I could see, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Because to me, it just seemed like phys like symbolically the stepfather killed the father because he was hitching with the mother. And, uh, to Tommy, that was as devastating as him physically killing his father. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> he literally killed the father. All right. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, and then then that happens, and then uh, to go through further like trauma that Tommy has to endure. So now he's basically under the guise of like, well, my mom will protect me, or this new person that I have to call dad will protect me, and. Uh, the new person that he has to call dad is a shitty asshole and doesn't actually care for him. No. Um, and then we could go down the list of like, so they try to find help for Tommy that doesn't work. And then they're like, well, I don't know why he's like, well, the step dad's like, let's 
take Tommy to go see a prostitute also get high on acid. <laughs> yeah. And so he gets super fucking high off of acid without any consent. And then, yeah, and then that's, so that's where Tina Turner comes yeah. in. Then uh, later, yeah, and then uh, he gets offered, like, the the parents are finally, like, going out more, so they... Yeah, Tommy so they leave him in the bully cousin and his molesting uncle. <laughs> oh, okay. Saying bully cousin is an understatement. The lit- kid literally waterboards. Him. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he even says like, "Well, if I I can uh, keep you out in the rain so that you get a cold and I hope that you die," is one of like a literal lyric or <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And it's like putting pins in his fingers and stepping on glass and all that shit. So sadistic, (laughs) sadistic person to be left with. For sure. For sure. And the part that pisses me off is the mom and dad are just like, yeah, he's okay. (laughs) But uh, he'll be fine. I do do like this version more over the album version of uh, of, uh, the the cousin. uh, What's his name? Um, I thought it was more rocky and upbeat and. In, in the in the film than on the Who album. I so Paul Nichols plays uh the cousin. Okay. I don't really know who that is, but he says his description says he's an English actor and singer. Mm. Uh he started out with a pop career but soon changed to musical theater. Alright. So he's got some sort of yeah. Um anyways okay so then he gets basically tortured from his cousin Mm -hmm. then after his parents are like well let's leave him alone again but this time let's leave him with the person who is his uncle apparently allegedly (laughs) yeah and then lo and behold oh the uncle rapes him yeah oops (laughs) Uh, so yeah i I like how it it isn't even um what's the word like it, it is very evident <laughs> like it, it doesn't really hide the fact what's going on like it is it isn't very subtle about it at all <laughs> no it's not it's not subtle about it at all and one here's a question that's nagged me since like literally since the first time i watched it and it, and it i just want to know why but this is literally the who's movie yeah doesn't matter no one the who have the say yet keith moon's like Oh, can I play the person who rapes the kid? <laughs> and you're just like, what? Yeah. You could play anyone else. Like, you don't have to play that character. But yet, there he is. And you're just like, hmm, okay. <laughs> so, I don't know if I'll ever get the answer to that. No. But it's just such a weird, like, thing. Like, if this was my movie, I'd be like, well, I'd... I'd let me play like the preacher. That'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do love Eric Clapton as a preacher. So, uh, yeah. And then, so Tommy goes through that. Um, he goes through lots of parental abuse, basically, yeah. which is kind of weird because the movie starts off and you're like, oh, that woman seems like she'll be such a fine mother. And then <laughs> she turns out to be the shitty person yeah. in general. Um, was it's not until really like the very end where she's more redeemable. That's but yeah, true, yeah. But but then it also is kind of like they they become redeemable because Tommy is an opportunity for them and like it it doesn't feel. 
I don't know. It just feels like they're tagging along because Tommy is bringing fortune and fame. I think it's that way for the stepfather. Um, and I think we're jumping the gun a little bit with this, but it's a very good point. I think it is for the stepfather. And I don't think, I think you're right about that. I don't believe it's that way with the stepmother. I, I honestly okay. believe that, or not the stepmother, the mother. Yeah. I honestly believe that the mother is a believer of her son. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she has it sort of, cause it plays into that sort of like mother Mary sort of, uh, like symbolism to it is, um, you know, like she was really only happy or she was masking her depression really with sleeping with the stepfather and going out and money and, uh, like possessions, you know, just all this stuff to hide the fact that she's miserable ever since her original husband like died. Um, And then Tommy kind of shows her the way of like, look, strip away these things, stop pretending like this is you and look at yourself truly. And like, that's what the whole point of this film, ultimately we can get right into that as well. But he says that to her in a, in a sense is like, get, get rid of all this stuff like be you like it doesn't matter if you're the depressed version or not but as soon as you face that that uh person you are then you'll be happy mm. and i think that and then she gets baptized in the the ocean and i think that's sort of very apparent of like out of everybody that tommy tries to reach she's definitely one of the ones that he did reach uh uh-huh, okay um yeah. the stepfather though just no i don't he he doesn't understand a single like thing and i think the one scene where it's really clear that he doesn't understand what's going on is when um when tommy is preaching on stage and it's doing the one song about the little girl uh who tries to you know yeah to see the concert the the stepdad is up there and he's like boogieing in his seat dancing around but you know, Tommy's like preaching and everybody's like listening to his words, but the dad is just listening to the music. Like he's just kind of grooving. And that's kind of like a clear, like he doesn't understand. Like he's just, he's literally. That's right. He is, he's just on the, in the surface area for the money, but not for the message. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, did you have any questions about like the mirror stuff or anything like that, uh, that we could talk about? I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it. that is, like, the last thing. Like, first it is the cousin, then it is the uncle, and then uh, will he be fine by this mirror? Yeah, he will be fine. Um, I am not un, I'm not entirely sure what that represents. Um, like, clearly he's so, seeing himself, right? Yeah, so the, the mirror is kind of like him looking out of reality. Uh-huh. He, he, the reality that he's been presented since basically he was born is terrible. Obviously, it's not something that you want to live through. And obviously, the trauma has pushed him to a point where he's trying to not live through it. You know, um, his senses have literally shut off. So it's like, fuck, I don't even want to have this done to you. So the mirror is this sort of illusion that he has um, that he's trying to work towards or you know it's the it's the better version of what he thinks maybe he could be um and that's why 
like when it leads him to the pinball machine, like it's it's the white version of him as opposed to like the version where he's wearing very dark clothes. Oh. Um, okay. The the white version that's clean and bright and could see and knows the way takes him to the place where it's like, well, this is this is your destiny. Like this is how you could start the healing process, and I guess pinball. I think was just a thing that they chose for the movie. And I, I never really got a hell of a lot of symbolism out of pinball, but the, the thing with the pinball is like the, there's also, there's a big, well, there's a big emphasis on the circle in this film as being like a, uh, cause a circle is a sort of like a unifying uh, shape, right? And, pinball as well like the pin literally the pinball is a clean mirror almost you know and that's it's literally just him looking into that mirror that's why it's like there's so much uh emphasis on like that bright uh circle that his father holds or he sees throughout the film um and that's why it's so important to him because it's just literally himself you know like he's just playing at the game of trying to find the the real him. And uh, I think at a point, pinball doesn't even really matter to him in the film. That's This is just my theory. It's like when he gets past his trauma and finally like can see and hear and whatever, it's like he knows he's famous for pinball, but I don't think that pinball is actually like something he even fucking cares about, you know? It was just there. Like that was just, the thing that he used um yeah so that's and then 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 it goes on sorry and then it goes on to uh when he gets thrown through the mirror and i think the song is literally called through the mirror it's been a while since i listened to it but that is yeah and that so that is the sort of symbolism as well as like physically like he's being forced, you know, like, uh, he's being forced to get rid of that, that self that he is. And he's through the mirror. Like there's no other person that he can be other than this person now, you know? And it's also, a, um, sort of, uh, meaning of like getting over your traumas and stuff like that. And then seeing who you've become and like, if you've grown out of it or if you can kind of see the light out of it, that's why when he goes through the mirror, he's thrown into water because it's like being uh, rebirthed or baptized. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. yeah. So no, I, there's a shit ton of absolutely. meaning in this. Absolutely. Film. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's evident that it's, it's a film you would have to watch multiple times to get a grasp of all the messages it is trying to prevail because it is, there is a lot to take from it. And um, yeah, even, with with a single experience i feel there's not every single there's there's still a lot i i don't fully understand with this uh, and uh, it will be fun to visit it again uh, with a fresh mind and in afterthought of what we're talking about now um i th- i think the one thing with this film that's a little bit like so i said I said how I feel like the pacing compared to the album is a little bit eh, now that I'm older, as well as um, 
the nauseousness. The other big factor I would also say is I think the experience and sort of like um, feel that the album or the rock opera album gives off as a mood, like it literally throws you through an emotional roller coaster of like just instruments alone, you know, like they, they just put you in a different place. And it, it, I think it's a little bit of an understatement um, if no one has ever talked about this before of like how much this album itself can make you feel almost religious and connected. And you might be sitting there listening to me say this thinking like Max nuts and full of shit. No, I'm not full of shit. Watch any of the live concerts of people listening to the who do this whole album. And by the end, when they get to like um, listening to you song, like they are, they've gone from being at a rock concert to literally like praying on the ground to they're obviously probably they're high as fuck, but it doesn't really change the fact that they're having a religious experience at the end. And I don't even think the who were prepared for what they've done or written, you know? But, but yeah, I, I do, I do feel that this film does also showcase the, the religionist of like rock bands and artists. Um, uh, when he goes on tour, um, with the like when he comes on stage and such it is very reminiscent of like Beatlemania in a way um with the the the, the crowd cheering and uh, mm-hmm. yeah it is definitely what you're saying too that um yeah i'm i'm sure if you'd listened to this live that it would have been a whole whole great experience um yeah i didn't mean to take away from your from your thoughts but that was a that's that's a that's a good way to look at it. Um, no, I don't. I I don't mind. Um, I'd probably say the last real thing I got to say about the film is the ending. So uh, we kind of talked about this before the show started, but um, like you mentioned, the the Tommy tells the people really quickly because they're like, "Well, how the how does this stuff that you're selling us make us like follow you?" Yeah. And he's like, "Well." do what I did, live my life, you know, follow, follow in my teachings, but go through hardships and you'll get closer to, uh, my, my state, you know, like my state, my being, my enlightened self. And they're like, okay. And they try it for like a minute (laughs) and they're like, fuck this. (laughs) Um, and then they, basically kill his mom and his stepfather and beat him up pretty bad too. Um, which is fine because I, I, I never really had a problem with it. Um, for the simple facts, like you gotta wrap it up a bit, but it's fine because it's like, it shows and it's through this film a lot. It's like, no one is able to go and have a religious experience or like be enlightened. It's like saying, like a monk, what a monk does for his whole life. It's just a waste of time if you could just pay for it, you know? Yeah, and that's, that's right. basically what this is saying as well, too, is like, you you know, they, like people tell you how to get closer to God. Mm-hmm. And yet people in the modern day age is like, but if I pay you 50 bucks, can that help? And it's just like, well, no, it's not, you know, like you have to do it. You have to like, it, there's no way around it. You have to do it. And this movie's basically saying like people 
are always going to be like, they, they're not going to do it. They need the quick fix answer of like, let me get it now. Um, and then they're going to crucify you for being like, well, fuck you. You didn't like, I didn't get there. So what the hell, you know? Um, I think, I really think that's what it's trying to say. And then with the song, like the last song in the album, which I, I love that song, the, the listening to you song. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good song. Um, but does, yeah, does, I, but does, well, does the ending kind of, is the ending kind of a juxtaposition to like the, the, the false idol from earlier? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think when I was younger, I, I, thought I understood it more but as I'm older I think I understand it less yeah because um, it, it does kind of feel like it it takes the hypocrisy of religion kind of to the end um, because you have that moment early on with with um, with a uh, uh, Eric Clapton and the false idol who's like yeah I can cure I can cure the the blind I can cure the the people in wheelchair wheelchairs I actually quite like that scene and we never really talked about it, but yeah. So the false idol with the religion is Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> and I like it because it just really like, that's I mean, one it, of the surface it level is kinda like things. The, it kind of reflects like the, the, the Americana style of like the American, like the American culture, I guess. Like it is very well. It's it's just like people's obsession, like you said, with celebrities and tr- holding them at this really like high, high standard, or not not high standard, but high like belief that what they what they do and how the way they live is going to make me like fulfill me, and that's why like their communion is literally just drugs and alcohol, and it's just like you think because you see them and they're full of sunshine is like, well, if I do that, I'll be happy. And it's mm. just like, well, it's not, it's just false. Yeah, true. Know? And then I guess, yeah, okay. I, I mean, it, to me, it kind of looks a little bit like the, the ending is kind of similar to the false, false idol, but I mean, it is not that similar because it is for the ball's sake and not for the, the, the idol's sake, I guess. <laughs> like, like the well you mentioned you mentioned earlier that the um you mentioned something earlier that when that that scene was kind of happening yeah. that it's like oh is this the crucifixion yeah. or the resurrection right. and i think that might actually be more of what it is i think possibly that tommy does die at the end you know and symbolically he is getting closer to god um because he's gone through like everything he's went through in his life and then only to be crucified after, like, you know, well, what he tries to preach is just literally love. And they don't accept him. And then it, in the end, you know, like, he's accepted by God and yada, 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 yeah, yada. But it's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, it is kind of, it's very clear. They're not very clear, but it, yeah, it's apparent that it is hinting towards that way. Um, mm hmm. I mean, as well, do you a, want to give? Uh, oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, as a non-religious person, it was very interesting to see this, um, uh, because yeah, I've obviously not read the Bible uh, completely, so I don't know every every uh, thing from from religion other than what I've read through like history classes and such. But 
it is an interesting way to look at the uh, entire story of Christ through um, a rock opera lens. Um, mm. Well, I mean, the most interesting way to look at the story of Christ would be Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> but uh, That would have been a good pair with this film. Yeah, but, uh, but I guess also that, uh, yeah, you don't, like it's it's enjoyable to see without uh having a, a sort of religionist to yourself i guess um i did enjoy it quite a lot um and there were a lot of scenes that i very much enjoyed i liked the acid queen song with tina turner and the whole him going into that iron maiden was very cool very well filmed and like the, the yeah it was an interesting way of showing like uh like, him yeah. tripping balls yeah basically. exactly like like a lot of needles going in and flowers are in the puncture wounds and it's like yeah, this is the drug paraphernalia that's being in use and yeah, it's very interesting and but then also it kind of reflects like the images of christ crucified in a way like uh, he gets like a, a flower of thorns which kind of mm -hmm. resembles the the crown of thorns um and uh, it's it's interesting, and as I mentioned, I also like the the cousin song. And uh, as a as a fan of like like Rocky uh, musicals, like Rocky Horror Picture Show and uh, Phantom of the Paradise, I very much enjoyed the experience to this. But there was a mm -hmm. certain moment that I felt that um, it could have been a bit shorter, uh, because I'll admit after I think after all the pinball stuff and it starts like the the religion starts forming i kind of lost a little bit interest so i wasn't as engaged near the end as i was supposed to the from the start but um yeah i um uh, yeah no i agree with most of your points what what would you rate it i uh i think i give it a good uh 3.5 um like like the negative of it is uh, as i said uh, the the length of the film i felt it could have easily been um uh, uh 20 minutes to half an hour shorter yeah um but also there is way too much to grasp from this um uh, so uh, it wasn't a like it wasn't it was a good experience but uh I feel like this is a film I need to watch multiple times before I can rate it a bit higher. But uh, I think 3.5 is very fair for this film. Yeah, I'm also actually... So maybe a version of me a long time ago would have said, like, this is a 4 or 4.5. Yeah. But now that I'm older and I've had more experience with a lot more films, mm -hmm. I'd probably say that uh, 3.5 is... Because I really, you know, I still love The Who and I love the songs. Um, one song I always forget that I really like on this album is the uh, Christmas song. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always quite like that song. <laughs> that's a good song. Uh, um, as well as um, the Look in the Mirror yeah. song is, is really good. Um, but yeah, at three and a half, I, I think, is fair because you're right if you compare it with other like rock operas and stuff as a film just as a film in general it de definitely doesn't compare you know like you're right phantom of the opera 
or Phantom of the Paradise, sorry, is like, I love that more than mm. this now. Yeah. And there's others that I could easily argue are like, well, they're, they're better. Um, and the, also the fact that Tommy as an album, I think works better than the film. And yeah, I, mean, I don't really know if I have to explain that too much, but <laughs> no, you're right. Well, I mean, I, I did, I did start, I mean, right after watching this film, I immediately was like, yeah, I need to listen to the, the album. And, um, so it's been well, in my headspace a couple of uh, days now since I watched it. I think one of the last things I'd say that are a little bit of a complaint is the film. So when when you listen to the album, there's a lot of self-interpretation. Yeah. Because, you know, you listen to it, you listen to the lyrics and the music and the way it makes you feel. And that's one of the great things about the Tommy album is the way it makes you feel also is kind of important to the way the story it's trying to tell. But here in the film, the director is kind of almost filling that void that you're supposed to do with the way he feels. And even though it's not wrong and it is interesting, I think it's more effective when it's just you and the album um, as opposed to what you're seeing on the screen. Um, yeah. But besides that, we could talk about the next yeah. Who film. I just, I just want is... to say that uh, this film also does wonders with, like, I, I hate, I hate films, operas that uh, just they sing every single line. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed that this film had me invested. Uh, so that's so that that's a that's a big compliment for this film because I, uh, I I I hate operas where you need to sing every single line and you can't have a moment on normal dialogue. But uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, let's let's move over to Quadrophenia. Quadrophenia. The major musical statement about an angry generation is now a motion picture for every generation. for everyone who was ever convinced he was right because the world was wrong. I'll tell you what's wrong with you. You're schizophrenic, that's what you are. What's that, then, eh? What's that? I'll tell you what that is. Bloody split personality. Inside, outside. Leave me alone. Inside, outside. No! what Ruthenia, the Who's triumphant answer to indifference, the movie the music's been waiting for. Um, a vastly different film. Uh, we're going from yeah, this... an allegory to Christ to more uh, a class study on youth and and uh, gangs. Gangs. That's right. Because it, I mean, it is very similar to like I noticed it was very similar to films like Rumblefish and uh, The Outsiders and uh, but but with like the the greaser, the rock and mod scene. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Because the mod scene cool. was something that came after the Who, where where like people started wearing like suits uh, as a as a as a fashion statement. Um, yeah. So I never seen Quadrophenia because when I was uh, when I was younger and I found Tommy, I watched that. When I tried to find Quadrophenia, where I'm from. Just could not find it. Could not find a copy anywhere. Wasn't I? I listened to the album, but I never. Even the album was kind of hard to find, which is weird. But um, the film was just like out of my grasp. I never seen it. So this is the first time I ever watched this film, and in I guess in a way I made up what I thought it would be based off of Tommy. Okay, you know, yeah. And in that case. I will just say this straight up. I was disappointed. I like really disappointed. Yeah, I, 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 f- I feel, I feel that same uh, form of disappointment too, um, because I did expect a more musical based and not a more linear film, uh, and it wasn't a very strong portrayal of what it was trying to make at all. Because there are certainly way better films that have the same theme and story about mm-hmm. like well i think with tommy uh, as a film it's trying to symbolize or say too much and with quadrophenia as a film it doesn't really like it's see it's like the film thinks it's trying to say a lot but in the end you're like um, i don't even what you're trying to say i don't think it's it's a little just like what do you do you even know what you're trying to say <laughs> like do you need help um, but like the description itself says based on the 1973 rock opera album of the same name by the who, um, so it's not even directly, it, it just says based, which is really weird because when you start the film, it says this is a who production. So it's like, well, why wouldn't it just be like straight up? Like just the album, like Tommy, why wouldn't you just do that again? Um, but this, this film is a lot more dialogue heavy. Um, it is really weird and really like, strange. Yeah, like the music isn't really a part of the story. It's more like a not at all music, like soundtrack. Um, yeah, and not even the whole songs as well, which is bizarre. I yeah, I didn't like it. Um, which is it, the the biggest thing of quadro whatever uh, quadrophenia is. You, you'd assume, though, that it's like, okay, well, all of the album's songs are going to be on here. I'm not even actually sure if that's true. No. Just um, not only not songs, only th- I felt like. Yeah, and not only that, is the movie also has other artists, like songs in the film, almost more prevalent than The Who, I'd, I'd almost argue sometimes. Uh, and the other thing, too, is that... There are al- or there are songs in this film that are from just who albums, not this specific album. So like my generation is in here, which is for a, a very memorable scene and uh, other who songs. And you're just like, but why is, is this supposed to be Quadrophenia? Why is their Quadrophenia songs not on there? And it's just like, I don't really understand. And also the, 
characters or the main character anyways has this obsession with the who and it didn't even feel like it was part of the story no. it was almost like <laughs> the who was just trying to say like well we need to be in the film more yeah <laughs> you know it's like put us in the well the character loves us obviously and it's just like it just didn't feel like necessary you know it was just really strange um there's a lot to unpackage with this film and it's not really that great. And I'm not even sure if I really have that much to say about it. It's just kind of yeah. confusing. It is. Like, um, uh, like, I guess if there's anything to take from this film, it is well shot. Uh, there were what many good, especially in like, um, in like the, the club scenes or the, the house party they're at. I like the way the camera pans throughout the whole room. That was very good. And uh, there are some wide shots that look very nice when he's at the beach, and yeah, that that is that is that is good for a film. But but when you have a story like this where it's the same thing that happens over a sequence of, I mean, there's like, <laughs> I mean, there's like four times the same thing repeats itself. Like they go to party. They do the aftermath, and then they go, and then they have a fight, and then they go to another party and have an aftermath, and then there's another little gang fight, <laughs> and then it, like the same thing happens, happens, and then you get the big fight near the end or near the mm -hmm. the, the second half, um, and then you, yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's not it's not the best. It's definitely not the best film ever made. I. You say it was well shot, and in a sense, I'd probably agree, but I don't, eh, I don't know. It's, the the sound was kind of annoying as well, too. Yeah, That's, it wasn't very good uh, sound design on it, I agree. And, uh, not at all, especially for a movie that's supposed to be sort of yeah. a rock opera. Yeah, and the, the story or, was also very really. basic. Like, it, it's just, you have your average teenager who is not really in this life, but he really wants to be in this life. Uh, but he has a steady job. He has a he has a family. <laughs> he has a, a girlfriend, I assume. But for some no. for some no oh right no. But um, I mean it is a dead end job for him, I, I guess. But I mean the, this film is trying to say that uh, oh I like this rebel way. I need to achieve this more, and um, it kind of turns into a PSA near the end where everything falls flat on him and he becomes like, Oh no, you need to feel sympathy for me. You rode over my bike. No, <laughs> that was a funny scene when the, the mailman drove over his <laughs> Vespa. <laughs> He's going all his Yeah. Stuff. Well, he, I guess the, the movie kind of deals with drugs yeah. in a way. I mean, yeah. Like they're, he addicted, deals they're addicted to the, whatever they're called, the blue pills. I'm not even sure what they do, but they're all sort of like addicted to these drugs. And oh, I feel like even though I, I don't have the biggest appreciation for this film, I'm definitely not doing it justice. But I think almost that's a testament to how good the film is, because it's very confusing as to like what the fuck it's even trying <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, um, I, I think so, too. Like, it's more I there are moments I love with this film that does it well. Um, you also have that when thing is finally going shit for him and he decides he wants to go back to Brighton, that whole 
transformation he has on the train was really good. Uh, when he's suddenly like, yeah, no, I'll become like this. Uh, fuck everyone else. And he does like the eyeliner on his eye and he, you can see that he's very drugged uh, in this moment. I thought that was, that was very well conceived. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like a lot of good moments in a very boring, forgettable story that, that, that could have been so much better if, and I feel like if it was more uh, op more musical structure, it would have been much better. Um, yeah, well, if they actually followed the rock opera yeah. that maybe The Who created, it would be better. Um, but instead, it's freaking confusing why they would even choose. So, like, if you're going to make this movie and not follow the rock opera, you're not... What's the point? Like, there's no point. Um, I was just going to say one thing with the cast is, uh, so Phil Daniels plays the main character who's been in, like, I don't know, Chicken Run. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as well, uh, there's has a very Leslie young, Ash. Has a very young Ray Winstone, which is pretty cool to see. Um, and uh, probably the biggest name out of everything is Sting. Yeah. The fact that Sting is in the uh, <laughs> film. He plays that uh, ace face guy. Yeah, he plays like the, the leader of the mods in the second town who the main character admires very much and wants to be like. Yeah, Mimic. Yeah. His whole fantasy of him because he turned out to be a bellboy. <laughs> bellboy! <Yeah>. Bellboy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that there is a song on that album called Bellboy, but it's like that I I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. But it's also, just giving me a goddamn headache. Yeah, but also it, it I mean obviously we're not grown up with this mod life. Um so I'm sure for others uh, this this movie might feel more home to them. But uh, it's definitely not a very well-dated film. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's really much else for me to say personally. It doesn't. It, it doesn't really. So the only thing is the who produced it. The who's music is prominently through it, but not the way you fucking think it would be. And, um. That's basically it. The who aren't in it apart from like seeing their headshot or like the music video that was on TV. Um, it's really just like if you took away all that stuff, uh, it's just this sort of British film about teenagers and the gangs they relate to. Like I had, I understand this. Okay, I'll say this much before I really have anything left to say about it is – the main character goes, he's having identity crisis as well as mental health issues. He's got clearly got mental health issues, but no one's helping him because all of, like this gang where he feels like his family and stuff like that, they don't really give a shit about him. And everybody uh, treats like each other like crap and garbage, you know, and he's in love. He's absolutely in love with this one girl that hangs around with the gang but the, the problem is it's like she's part of the gang and he doesn't understand that. It's like he tries to get a comfort from her 
and a love like that he has for her. But then he's upset when he's like, finds out like, oh, she just likes being in the gang and not giving a shit about anything, you know? Um, that's really all the film's about. And then he just has this extra, extra, oh, I can't say the word. Existential crisis. Uh, Existential, yes, exactly. I, I can't say it again. <laughs> Existential crisis. <laughs> ex, 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 oh, Existential. Existential. Oh, I keep saying stencil. Yeah. Ex, well, you know what? Janko said <laughs> He has this crisis at the end of the film, and the conclusion is just, uh, I don't yeah, sure. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, the end. He, he, he rides off, off the cliff, Felman Luis. <laughs> well, he doesn't even ride off the cliff. His bike does, yeah. which is kind of like maybe him finally saying, like, okay, if I really had looked at it, maybe it's him finally saying, like, okay, you know what, I don't need this. Yeah, like I don't need this lifestyle. It's done me nothing but heartache. Is been bad for me, okay, just yeah. as a whole. I guess so. Yeah. And. That's how the film's ending with him just like literally denouncing like fuck the mods and yeah. gangs and rockers and all this stuff. Just I want to be done with it. I just want to be a person. Um, and then the film ends fine, whatever. But it's not that it, the film wasn't gr- good. No, you know, yeah, it was a very letdown. Uh, you felt like, and like you said, well, maybe it is a little bit more of a nostalgia thing, or like you really had to live through it, sort of thing, but. I don't know. You could sort of portray that better for people. I mean, cl- uh, just yeah. you could just portray it better. I in mean, general. clearly there are way met- better films that, uh, that that showed that does this message much better. Um, I mean, you have this is England, which uh, is kind of similar, uh, but has, is a much better story and better film. Um, as an example. Uh, I don't have much else to say about this film, but I I just checked at the production company, The Who Films, and apparently they just did two other films, uh, The Kids Are Alright, which is a The Who documentary, and another film with Roger Daltrey called Mick Vicker, which I haven't heard about, but it's about like um, an armed bank robber who goes to prison. Yeah, okay interesting yeah the i'm just looking at the guy who made the film and he's like made a series of films about the same guy okay uh that's just a like a sort of rabbit hole <laughs> wait <laughs> of the itself. same guy yeah. from this from Crowd yeah Fina, so no if you go to the mcvicker oh right hell, yeah if you click on Tom uh, Clegg, I think that's how you say it, you'll see, look. Okay, yeah. Wow, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. I see it now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He has a lot of... It's just literally... It's like it's film. a TV series yeah. or something. I think so, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> well, so. I mean, I guess we can finally do a Sharpies. <laughs> Special feature. Yeah, nah. I'm I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, what 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 do we rate Quadrophenia? Uh, uh when all is said and done, 
I don't know. It's parts. There's aspects that are fine. And I, I don't even think I will say it's good at all. But fine is probably the best. But the way it mishandles the album, the way it just blatantly, like, so, it, it just felt like it was the wrong idea. And the fact that the Who allowed it to go ahead, I don't know. It just, part of it kind of kills my sort of fondness I had with the foo, the the Foo, <laughs> the, the Who. Uh, um, because, it, like, how could they give this album, like, that's clearly already basically a rock opera, and say, like, yeah, sure, make this film. Don't even worry about what the rock opera's trying to say. Just make your own shit. It's just kind of like, why even do it then? Why? You know, like, just if you want to be a film production company or have that, just let them make the film then. And not include you, but the fact that you shoehorned your way in, it's just, it's just fucking, it just makes it really strange and not enjoyable. And I don't know, because of that, I got to go one and a half. Well, I, yeah. in all, all fairness, yeah. I, um, I feel I, yeah, I, I feel I would have to do the same. I, I, I was actually very generous at first, uh, giving it a free star, thinking like, well, it, it looks nice, but, but that doesn't really help much when, you don't have much left from the film. Uh, so I agree with you. I, I think I'll give it a one and a half star too. Mm, it doesn't help either when it's simplicity of like, it really is so the yeah. simplicity that it has somehow you walk away and you're co- confused. Yeah. And, but and it, it's just like that. That's a fuck up. I like, I don't understand how you can make something that's actually a simple plot yeah. and leave the audience feeling Wait, what? <laughs> but is this what um, is this what Quadrophenia is really about? Like, is it a now? Here's the part where I cannot judge because oh. I'm pretty positive. Yes, it is about the mod scene. Okay. Uh, but it's been a heck of a long time since I've actually listened to that album. Okay. It's not my favorite album, to mm-hmm. be honest. And there are great songs on it, like uh, "Love Rain or Me." Um, or rain on me or whatever the hell it's called. That's, that's a good who song. Um, uh, so it, the, obviously you can tell it's not my favorite album. I can't even think of it. No, right. Yeah. I know Bill, <laughs> Bellboy's on there, but that's not, I, I don't really like that song. No. Um, but yeah, there's, there's good songs on there that the, you're, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. Uh, kind of, I'm actually just looking really quick to see all the songs that are on it. Uh, Doctor Jimmy, Love, Rain or Me. Uh, oh, I'm one. Mm. That's a that's a good one. Sea in the sand. I am the sea. The real me is a good one as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um. No, but I definitely definitely had a lot of fun with um, uh, with Tommy. That was uh, definitely something worth checking out, and also worth talking about. Um, well, yeah, obviously there isn't going to be a, a critically masochistic segment for this episode, uh, but uh, I still have I still have to see feed. I've seen it, but stay tuned for the review of that. That was not fun. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> for people who think the whale was offensive, <laughs> that's nothing compared to what feed was. Jesus Christ. Um, but uh, yeah, so the next episode, Jankel, uh, we'll we'll get back on uh, critically masochistic. I was gonna suggest possibly reviewing it now anyways but we've actually kind of done it for time and i think it'd probably be better suited i unfortunately will not be on next month's uh episode so you're probably gonna get two episodes just janko and maggie yeah hope yeah hopefully if it all plans out i'm sure it will um for yeah um we have a, had a bit of a tight schedule, but that is life, unfortunately. But we are still here. We are still active. And um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at CriticallyOpt2. Or you can get in touch with us on our Gmail account, which is CriticallyOptimisticPodcast at gmail.com. And for any episodes you might have missed, you can find them all on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, this was The Who. 